Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that knows that one bad apple does in fact spoil the whole bunch. Today we have Kellen, Zoe, Laura, and Hope. And this is a special episode on the unrest currently sweeping the country in response to the police murder of several African Americans. We're focusing today on Minneapolis, where the movement started after cops murdered George Floyd. It's important to note, of course, that George is not the only person whose murder at the hands of the police has come to light in the last couple of weeks. We also want to hold space today for the memories of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and Tony McDade. Joining us today, we have a very special guest who has been on the ground in Minneapolis. Um, Vanessa, welcome to Season of the Bitch. Uh, could you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, yes. Um, my name is Vanessa, and I am currently a grad student here in Minneapolis. And as Kellen said, I'm on the street running around and stuff. Great. Um, I'm excited to get into some of more of this with you, Vanessa. I thought it would be good to start by giving a little bit of context for what's happening right now. Just a little bit of history because I can't stop being me. Um, we would be upset if you didn't. Also, like, <laughs> I need to be clear that, like, every other country is looking at us in these protests and isn't confused. And, like, my own parents are confused because no one in the United States actually learns history so please aside from kellen except for kellen (laughs) (laughs) who is now educating us all (laughs) so um minneapolis has a um pretty significant history of racial inequality um it's a pretty segregated city which i'm sure we'll get into it's worth noting that of the hundred biggest cities in the country minneapolis ranks um number 99 in um racial income equality levels. Uh, Perhaps worth noting that number 100 out of 100 is in fact Milwaukee, home to our dear friend Hope. Um, Shout out to Milwaukee, bringing in the end there. Yeah, woo. Um, So it's, it's, there's a pretty serious and stark inequality in the city, which is important, I think, to sort of set the tone for what we're talking about today. It's important to remember that not long ago, in fact, in 2016, Minneapolis was the site of the murder of Philando Castile, which uh, triggered a series of protests sort of in and of itself. That murder, uh, Philando Castile was um, shot by a police officer in front of his partner and his daughter in his own car. Um, The police officer who killed him was uh, tried and then subsequently was acquitted for that crime. And the whole thing was on video, right? Like she was Facebook living the whole thing. Like, um, yeah, his partner partner filmed him dying. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. So the the fact that there was a an arrest and a trial, but an acquittal is, I think, Mm -hmm. something to remember as you know, people are celebrating the arrest of Officer Derek Chauvin, who is um, the murderer, of course, of George Floyd. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Derek Chauvin and his history on the force specifically, because I think he's a good example of how police brutality functions and is, um, in fact, rewarded 
uh, and allowed to continue. So he's had 17 separate complaints filed against him during his time as a police officer on the MPD. Because the MPD refuses to release his file, we don't actually know all the details of those complaints, but we do know that he has been involved in at least three other shootings, um, one of which was deadly, twice as part of a group of police responding, and another time as the actual shooter. Um, Yeah, the man that he shot, who did survive, did claim later that he believed Chauvin was trying to kill him. Um, Chauvin was not charged for that attempted murder. He shot the man while the man was in the bathroom. Um, He and some other cops were sent to a grand jury in 2006 for another one of the shootings that he was involved in, which was deadly, but ultimately no charges were filed. Uh, Side note, you know, who was the prosecutor at that time? It was our girl, Amy Klobuchar. Klobi! Yeah, so shout out to Flush your brain down the toilet, girl! Yeah, uh, shout out to the maybe next vice president of the United States. Uh, Fuck you this shit. absolutely hate to see it. Well, um, and I just want to point out that like this is, you know, I, sorry for everyone because I just got into a fight with everyone in my family over all of this shit. But like the people who are saying things like, well, this just isn't the right way to handle it. It's like, well, guess what? Like people, he, he has 17 complaints against him. Everyone's been fucking doing the right thing. What people think the right thing is forever and nothing changes. And it's important to note that it's not just Derek Chauvin. Um, in fact, arguably the most powerful person in sort of the police orbit in Minneapolis is uh, the head of the police union, who is quite literally a white supremacist and has been documented wearing a motorcycle jacket with a white power patch sewn onto it. So uh, this is a rampant problem in Minneapolis. Um, and I think that this is probably a good time to actually bring in our guests to this conversation <laughs> and start talking about what's been you know, going on over the last week. So just to start with the basics, Vanessa, what has the atmosphere been like in the city since George Floyd's murder? Yes. So there are kind of multiple ways to answer that question because mm-hmm. it also depends on where you go in the city per Mm -hmm. se. Like, of course, if you go to like the side of the murder or the third precinct, I haven't been by the fifth precinct, but I know seeing on the news things have been happening there. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I'll start with that. So the, first off, I just want to say to everyone that's listening is that like, I have no sense of time anymore. Of course, (laughs) of course, what is time? It's not real. No. But, um, so if... Capitalists invented time so they could tell us we weren't using it correctly. <laughs> exactly. So when, when the facade of, of that fades away, we just are like, I don't know, sometime in the last week this happened. So we will not fault you for the order on which you tell us things, we promise. Thank you. So um, I think, if I remember correctly, he was murdered on Monday. So I don't think I did anything... Tuesday okay whatever day it was that um the target was first looted so that day earlier on in the day I went to um the uh, the cup foods where it had happened and the at- atmosphere there was um not calm but 
there wasn't really anything happening. Like, yes, okay, yes, there were things happening and that, you know, there were people there. There's some people sitting and doing like a silent protest. There's some people like, you know, just down the block, like playing music. But generally it was like, you know, it was quiet enough that people could, could just kind of sit there and process in their own ways. Mm. Like I personally sat um, just inches from where he took his last breaths or they were forced out of him. I don't right. know. I, but I sat there like, you know, for 30 minutes, just looking and thinking and trying to will myself to feel something because I am numb and tired. Yeah, I still don't know if I feel anything. But um, so I was able to do that that day, right? So the next day that I went back there, um, I don't remember why I went back. Oh, I went back there because I was dropping off some supplies at C-Tool, which is a organization that's like right down the block from where it happens. I have a friend that works there. So I was dropping off some supplies and I'm like, oh, it's right down the block. I'll just go check out the area there again. And so, as I mentioned, the first time I was there, it was calm. I could sit, I could just think. Mm -hmm. The second time I was there, it was, there were definitely more people and it was more organized. Like there was an open mic and there were people like, you know, saying what it is, what they had, saying what it is they wanted to say, like saying like, we demand that X, Y, Z happens. Like people were just there speaking their piece and everything. And like, I was slightly more organized. I haven't been back back there since today. I was at C-Tool again, but I didn't actually walk down the block to see it. But um, there definitely were more, more people there than last week than I was there. So that's happening. I also know that generally, I can't speak for today, but last, the, the two times I was there, I want to note that there's no police presence, like, and the fact that the police aren't there really allows it to feel more like a community, like grieving and processing in their mm -hmm. own way. Like there's no police presence there. Um, so that's about the site. So then we talk about the third precinct and for context, the third precinct is the one that was burnt down some amount of days ago, as I said, time is not real. <laughs> so it burned down. I, yes, <laughs> it burned down. So I have been there a couple times, not at the, because um, Holy Trinity Church is a church just around the corner from it. So I, towards the beginning, I've been dropping supplies there. I'm not doing it as much just because they are completely overwhelmed each time I go there's just more chaos that not chaos but there's more and more people there who are bringing things delivering things and it's like they're constantly overwhelmed like the times that I go there they're like okay we will take like these specific items that we need from you but you got to take the rest somewhere else like we are so full with donations because I think that's one of the first places people think to go like those the first place I thought to go because it's right there mm -hmm. so generally after dropping stuff off, I then walk around. So I was there both before and after it had burnt down. So before I go into this, I guess I should say that it's like in the day, things are calm or as well as calm as they can be, mm -hmm. but they tend to get more tense and heated as the day goes on. So the first time that I was there, I um, brought some water bottles and I had left it like, you know, right by the precinct for the protesters so that way they could drink things and like, you know, get not get dehydrated because 
I didn't know it actually gets hot in Minnesota. Like, <laughs> it really does. Um, it, I am surprised. I was out in shorts and a t-shirt and sweating my yes. ass off today. Yes. <laughs> was so surprised. So, um, yeah, so I was doing that. I was able to get close. Um, the atmosphere was there. Of course, you know, there were people um, yelling and chanting, but, like, the police were as restrained as police could be. They weren't doing anything. They were just, you know, standing there and taking it. And then um, after it had burnt down, I went there. So I think this was the day after it burnt down. I went to the third, I went to the church there slash the third precinct twice um, and walked around. They had expanded the perimeter because the day before that I was there, like I could walk up just outside the third precinct. I could see the police on the roof and I'm like, okay, you're really <laughs> gonna do all that. But um, I could walk right up to it. The next day they had widened the perimeter so you couldn't get that close to it. Um, there weren't that many people there slash it wasn't as organized or well, like organized and like, it was just kind of like, you know, the press and people kind of just like, sitting and like watching the police and the police and the national guard just kind of watching them like there wasn't much happening it was just kind of people like what's going on walking around trying to like see like the third precinct and see how close they could get and like the smell of like smoke and like chemicals were in the air and everything like that too and then when i was there later in the day it was um more tense there was one specific like spots that I just found the duality so fascinating mm -hmm. so it was this part on the street where like the street kind of like uh breaks into two roads that's so whatever <laughs> the street breaks and splits into two yes that sure. is what the street does and on the left um and of course um the, you know they're police on both of the like road splitting so on the left you have like you know the typical what comes to mind you had people chanting you had people with um signs you know yelling at the police yelling like lock them up there was this one dude i saw that on a cardboard um box he had written the names of all four officers and on the other side he had written like lock them up and he had crossed out derek's name said derek darren chauvin whatever mm -hmm. asshole um <laughs> murder murder yeah. they yeah so they crossed his name and he was going down the line to every cop and saying that like you know we got this one we're gonna get the rest we're gonna lock them up like saying that going down to each and every cop saying Ugh. that and that was their vibe over there yeah, for sure and then just like five feet to the right in front of the other cops um there were uh native americans that were doing like uh they had like a drum and like a thing you hit a drum with and were um like you know chanting and stuff and like the vibe there felt much more like you know healing and i just found i found it fascinating that that was happening within like feet of each other yeah and then i guess another thing to also note about that is that um I think I touched on it a bit, but during the day, as things go on, 
as the day goes on, things tend to get more tense in anticipation. Mm -hmm. Like when the curfew was first set, people were, um, the second time there I was in the afternoon when things were getting more rowdy, people were like, yeah, like, you know, it's fine now. It's fine now. But you know, like it's eight o'clock, like it's eight o'clock. Like that's when things are going to go down. That's when it's going to get real. So the curfew like kind of gives this sense of anticipation Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. Before we continue, Vanessa, I want to just have you tell the audience why it is that you've been going to all these different places. You mentioned that you were bringing supplies, but could you just tell us a little bit more about exactly what you've been up to during the last week? Yeah. So, yeah, as Kelly mentioned, I have been um, raising funds and uh, going out to the suburbs slash whatever few spots are still open in the city um making poor cashier jobs so hard (laughs) and buying so many like thousands of dollars worth of supplies and delivering them to different uh sites within the city earlier i was more focused on the third precinct in like south minneapolis and pimentos which this this amazing jamaican restaurant that has the best beef patties but they turned (laughs) they have turned into like they're really Coming, yes, they're coming up for the community and they're kind of like a, a site where people can donate things and they take them where they're needed in the city. So I've been like giving things throughout the city. I was in North Minneapolis today. And then in addition to that, within the past few days, I have also um, started not just dropping off, but the past two days I was helping out at pimentos the first day I was making little like first aid bags for protesters with like you know um water bottles and eyewash a fun tip that I learned while doing that is that we were writing the lawyers numbers on the water bottles that way Mm -hmm. protesters could have them of course so smart Yes, if you're going out, you should write it on Sharpie on your body too. But at least for Minneapolis, that number is 612-444-2654. I will not forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good idea though. Yes, so. How much money money have you raised at this point? I know it's like a crazy total that you just like on your own have raised for supplies. Yeah, I need to pounds because things are still coming in yes so as of yesterday I had raised and well I had donated uh 4,500 worth of supplies and as of today I literally just did the math I have bought and donated $8,500 worth of supplies yes. and there's still Amazing. that's not all the money I have like I'm to keep the money coming in but it's like when I swipe my card, I'm not scared that it's not going to go through, which is a really weird feeling to have because normally I'm in constant fear of that. But (laughs) (laughs) that, like, yeah, I am spending the money, like, as it comes in, but I always have a little cushion. But yes, so if uh, if that is, if I have spent 8,500, I probably have raised almost close to 10,000. That's amazing. That's oh huge what you're and that's doing. Ju- that's just like you, like doing yeah, your own everything. Shit. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, Vanessa. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, ooh. 
And I, I would imagine in addition to like the water and supplies people need to continue protesting, there's also a lot of people who just need diapers and formula and food. And, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people are out of work. So the aid that you're doing is so crucial to keeping things going. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's wild to hear you say of me because I feel like it's not that I don't feel like I'm not doing something. I know I'm doing something. Maybe it's because like I'm a woman or it's just like, I'm always like, oh no, I'm not doing that much. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's just. Wild well, you're humble. That. That's <laughs> it. You're a humble person. It's okay. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Like I get that relatable, but also $10,000 yeah. of supplies in less than a week is incredible exactly yeah. we're we, yeah. we are here Sarah. to tell you the truth that it's an incredible <laughs> thing it's okay that you're having feelings about it but like we're telling you the truth i i thought of you today vanessa because um journalist sarah jaffe who's a friend of the pod tweeted out this she it was a um uh, photo of the um, a center for low-income housing in Minneapolis that was has just collected. You might know specifically which one it is. I, I don't have access to that information, but it just collected so much in supplies. And she tweeted this picture and said, the reproductive labor of the movement is real and it is so good. And I was like, Vanessa's the reproductive labor of the movement and yeah. she is real and so good. Yes, <laughs> that's oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, I'm, I'm in my feelings about things today, but it's hard work, you know, like that's yeah. the spirit work that keeps movements going from like every single movement in history. You can yeah. see the importance of feeding people and taking care of people so that they feel supported. It's not even about the food, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a good transition. I mean, speaking of how much you've done in the past, like week or less did the overall like swiftness um and scale of the mobilization in minneapolis like surprise you at all or what's that been like like you mean the military or just the way the community <laughs> the has whole come together thing. yeah yeah <laughs> okay. i mean more so the community but the the whole situation like how quickly everything has happened yeah yeah like as I said, time, I don't understand time anymore. But <laughs> yesterday, I realized that it was Sunday. And I thought back to last Sunday. And I think I mentioned this at the beginning of my intro, but like, I'm a grad student. So like, you know, I have classes out, but I still have research and things to do over the summer. And I'm technically like, kind of TAing, but not a class. <laughs> and I had sat down and like, you know, planned out the things I needed to accomplish that week because I'm an INFJ, so I have to plan everything. INFJ, so, what up? <laughs> INFJ energy. Me too. Wait, are you really, yes. Laura? Yes. Holy shit. All three of us. Whoa. I think I'm yeah. INFP. I don't well, know. That's close, but it's not quite as good. Oh my god. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> I'm like the one I'm like the one that's like pretty rare. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. I forget what it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. But you were but anyway, planning, Vanessa. Yes. Yeah, so I was planning my week that day. I was planning my week, planning out my summer with the things I wanted to accomplish each month. And 
I had not anticipated running supplies for the revolution in there. <laughs> like that just, like I come home at night and I see like the nice whiteboard I had bought with like all the plans I had and the things to be done in all my different areas. And I'm like, that shit's not happening. So if my advisor or my mom is hearing this, that shit is hap. Sorry, mom. If my advisor <laughs> or my mom is hearing this, I am getting work done, kinda just as much as I need to. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it's been so yeah. The community has come together so fast. I have been to Pimento the past three days in a row. Today when I got there, they didn't need hands. So I just dropped and left. But the first day that I was there, um, like it's just like every day I walk back at least into a pimento, like we know more of what we're doing. Like our system has just like evolved so well and so fast in order to be so efficient. And I can only imagine that that's similar for like other organizations without the area. At least I know C-Tool because I've been there twice now and I'm going to drop off supplies there tomorrow as well um between the first time I was there and just kind of like briefly looked in versus uh today like it's just the community is coming together so quickly and so fast I think this is also a good place to note that um so obviously there's so much going on in not just Minneapolis but across the country with these protests and we're still in the middle of a pandemic, which I sometimes forget. But um, because of the focus and the energy and everything on the protests, a lot of communities are being left to fend for themselves. And the people, pretty much there are white supremacists that have come to Minneapolis. I also heard that the KKK was spotted, but there are white supremacists that are in Minneapolis that are targeting Black-owned businesses and Black neighborhoods because they're taking advantage of the fact that no one is paying attention to them right now and the police, well, I mean, the police doesn't really protect us, but like they are aware of the fact that there is no one there to defend them. So the community is coming together very quickly to defend themselves And like, I know in like North Minneapolis, which is nowhere near like South where most of the things are going down. Like, you know, there are fires being started in random places because white supremacists are out there targeting that. Pimento, I know two nights ago, they put out a call that they needed people because white supremacists were there. So people got out there fast. Yesterday, or was it the day before? I don't remember. But there was one day that shots were fired outside of like a black, at Pimento, shots were fired at Pimento out of a black plateless SUV. So it's just like, this is also happening in the city, but there's no energy or attention on that as well. I can't speak for other cities, but it's like, there was so much happening that it's just not going on the news. Like I know my friend, she was at the, into the memorial twice. One time when she was there, there were, she, I guess I should preface the story by saying that she is safe, but um, she called me and she's like, yeah, I want to drop flowers. And um, I was walking up to the memorial and I look up and there's a woman and her three kids running. And then I see behind that person, there's a person, there's a dude with a gun. And then I turn around and there's another person with a gun coming at me. And she like, you know, booked it out of there. And I'm like, were there shots fired? And she's like, yeah, there were 10 shots fired. Oh my God. And that did not even make it into the news. I don't know what that was. Right. Because I know the day before when I was there, I left because there were some people 
there were some people that were getting tense, like a fight, like even though it was a more calming thing, people were still angry. And I think they were funneling that anger at each other versus mm. productively. Right. But I, I wasn't there for that specific incident that my friend witnessed, but it's just like, there was so much happening, but people are still coming together to protect themselves as best we can. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I I will just say I know we're you know about to move on, but just from what you were saying on like you're not sure if it's like that in other cities. Um, yeah. I mean, like in Buffalo, I think I I was texting folks like being like, literally, I can't keep track of what's going on because there's so many things happening, and like also none of the media outlets are covering it. So a lot of it then is also being, it's like hard to know what's real and what's not real and what's happening unless you like know someone who witnessed it or know someone who knows someone who witnessed it. Um, yeah. Like, cause there's a lot of things at least in Buffalo happening where we've noticed like white supremacists are like on Twitter and they're like, this is w- something that's happening in your city. And they like target you specifically I don't know. It's like there's a lot of st- there's a lot of layers, <laughs> like you were saying. Yeah, there's so much happening. So yeah, we have white supremacists out here. We have the police that can protect us. We have a pandemic. People have lost their jobs. Public transportation. Like there's just right. levels to right. what is happening. Along those lines, um, as of today, so and we're recording this on June 1st, today, um, I don't know if anybody else caught Trump's speech, but he said in his speech to the nation that he'll be sending in troops and ensuring law and order. He made sure to talk about the Second Amendment, which to me just seems like a wink and a nod to white supremacists with guns. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen between like recording this now and when it comes out, but I was curious to know if you've kind of like noticed so far any reactions to what's happening at a national level and like what you think that might mean for Minneapolis? So I have not fully sat down and like looked at whatever it is he said because I'm out all day. I got home just before Yeah. this, but um, totally fair. Spoiler alert. None of it was good. No, no, yeah. I just like I scrolled through Twitter briefly and I'm like, okay, Second Amendment, Trump said something. <sighs> okay, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I got enough like angry texts from people who were watching it being like, Are you watching this? What the fuck? That I was like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Well, like no, CNN no, no. had a bizarre like full meltdown right after where they were like, Wow, this is a dictatorship now. And I just never expected like <laughs> Anderson I... Cooper to be like they said the revolution would not be televised, but like it's seems like it's being televised uh yeah, kind I, of yes i feel like <laughs> <laughs> again i can't fully speak to his speech but like what i'm seeing on a national level again i'm only like you know 26 i'm not a history person like kelly and like i'm not as amazing as you oh my god but, but you you are, you as are amazing. a psychology person and about to become like an actual therapist so you have some insight into what people are thinking let's just put that out there <laughs> but uh five years to be a therapist but yes um <laughs> nationally i can't like, I can't even think that far ahead, right? Because mm-hmm. I, at least for me, when people are talking about like, oh, you know, well, once Trump gets out of office, things are going to be better. Like even before all this, I'm like, you know, I am terrified about what's going to happen to our democracy 
slight quotation marks uh-huh. <laughs> because after seeing everything that that dude in the Oval Office got away with, how can you then look the next president in the eye and tell them you can't do this? Mm-hmm. Like just seeing everything is done like that scared me enough. I was worried. Well, and it's been, it's just more on the table now. I feel like it's always yes. been going on. <laughs> Yes, yes. And then that. And then even when the pandemic was starting, they're like, hey, maybe we should do mail-in voting. And people are like, mm, no, right? So right now, I feel like, especially from what you just briefly told me about Trump's statements, what I look within like the past five minutes, I am, I guess, terrified nationally that Trump could, even if he, I would say like, oh, he doesn't have the power. He does, it doesn't matter whether or not he has the power. He does this stuff and Republicans mm-hmm. let him because as I very crudely say, you're probably going to have to do this out, but I want you guys to hear it at least. As I very <laughs> crudely say, they like lightly, deli- they like delicately licking his asshole. But <laughs> Oh, we're keeping that, that in, dude. No! <laughs> You can, you can. I'm okay. so sorry, mom. I'm sorry. Listen, it it's true. We are speaking truths here. That's fine. Look, yes. the revolution has a potty mouth, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. So with all that, I was already like, who's going to stop the president? Who's going to stop? Sorry, I don't like calling him the president. Who's going to stop that dude right. from... If he's like, oh, well, with everything happening with the pandemic and all this chaos, actually, we're going to hold off on elections. Yeah, right. It's not right for the country. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm scared for going forward. Oh, for and sure. Like, yeah. And at least for me, like, when I talk about D.C., it's not just like, oh, abstract D.C. Like, I grew up in the DMV. Like, D.C. is home for me. Right, right. So it's, like, very personal as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, a fucked up thing, too, that... Um was brought to my attention today is like now people are saying that they're worried about the primary because um people are scared to vote because of the protests and it's like first of all we were already in a pandemic there were already so many other issues with the voting not to mention that they made it clear like voting didn't matter anyway right um and that we were in the middle of a pandemic so no one should have been voting in person like it should have all been made online so anyway but now it's going to be blamed on the protesters Right. Amazing. And also, Uh, I know, like, I just love the irony of a country that, you know, like, you know, well, that, I mean, okay, glorifies, you know, we are proud of the American Revolution and the Boston Tea Party and like, you know what they did, they were destroying property. That was a rebellion, (laughs) right? And then even the people that are proud of the South will rise again or whatever, they're horrible people as far as I'm concerned but those people I'm like you're prideful of people that are doing the same things we are doing right except for especially people who like the confederacy I'm like the people were doing that because they wanted people like me to be subhuman and slaves and then with the American revolution I mean I guess the ideals were better but America doesn't live up to its own ideals and that's a different tangent I can go on later oh well yeah of course this is America, this is, America has, outside of being founded on, like, you know, genocide and slavery, America was founded from rebellion as well. Right. And the fact that people are seeming to forget that now is Right. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, I was just going to circle back to Hope's question, and I was just going to speak really briefly on how today went in Buffalo, which was like um, the protest started at 3 p.m., and we were protesting in the streets, like just walking, and by... 415 the national guard and cops in full riot gear were like in our faces um and pushing us and so it was like it escalated so quickly and in broad daylight and for me i feel like buffalo like rust belt cities feel um particularly like the white working class male who would listen to trump in a big way is the underlying and like the underbelly here um and yeah so I don't know how much because obviously like everywhere else Buffalo has also felt really intense for for several days at this point um but I mean it just felt so intense for so early in the day yeah totally um yeah I've I've been out in the i in New York and it's yeah it gets very tense very quickly but um we can get to that more in a minute (laughs) um so yeah so we put a call on our Instagram for people to submit questions which we like to do so that we know like obviously there's like a lot of confusion about what's happening and we wanted to know what people want us to talk about so one of the questions was what advice would you give for protests starting up in other cities I know Vanessa like you talks about like writing the lawyer's number on water bottles and to also like write it on yourself in case you get arrested. Do you have any other like pro tips from what you've been doing? Yeah. So I want to preface this by saying that like, I'm not really attending the protest. I am scared and I'm not weak. I can lift 200 pounds, but I am scared. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am scared. I don't really want to be there like that. Of course. But from what I know is happening, at least on my end, the supply end, and like things I've heard that have been passed around on social media, um, like hard hats are important, um, goggles to protect your eyes, because you know those rubber bullets, like that makes anything better that they're shooting at people. Um, so hard hats, goggles. Um, if you are going out I would suggest making a little like first aid backpack. At least I'm saying that because that's what I spent a few hours doing some days ago. (laughs) I mean, in there we had put uh, water bottles, an eyewash solution, um, snackies, uh, and like a handful of like different first aid, like, you know, band-aids and stuff. So that's stuff you can have both for yourself. And if you see anything go down next to you, you can like easily hand something to someone nearby. Also, maybe this is just a Milwaukee thing, but somebody here last night was just handing out bottles of Hennessy at like 8 p.m. <laughs> I had a peace, we had a peaceful protest, um, but like, yeah, it was just such a like nice gesture. <laughs> I love it. I saw on um, Twitter, there was some dude, I don't know what city he's in, but he's like, hey, yo, if you're out on the streets and you need weed, like, let me know. I got you. We got to take care of each other. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think those are some supplies you could take out in terms of, like, safety things. If you are, like, you know, um, 
either out past curfew or you are doing things that you would prefer people didn't know you were doing, I would, you need to protect your identity above and beyond all. So if you were like, you know, taking things from stores, don't post it on social media. Like, let's start there. Like, don't be fronting like that. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't, no, don't do that. Um, I've heard that like, you know, turning off your location services, if you're going out somewhere is very important. Um, don't wear any like identifiable clothing, like, you know, should be kind of like loose and baggy because they can also like identify you from your body shape. Um, if you have any tattoos, be sure to cover them up, like protect your identity as much as you can. Don't go out alone. I did a very, very, very stupid thing the night that the target was looted and a fire the fire happened if people check my instagram this is gonna like, be the thing that your mom is upset about not the asshole like <laughs> <laughs> as a mother i can tell you this is what she's gonna be like you did what mom was oh. already upset but oh. i um very stupidly went out at 1 30 a.m to drive to south minneapolis to see the fire by myself I did not tell anyone where I was going oh my god dumb do not do that at all but I got some really cool pictures that are making rounds on social media so I got likes out of it sorry no sorry no <laughs> oh <laughs> someone I took so I um parked and I went inside like the looted target I did not take anything I'm not about that life at all personally and um there was one dude I noticed not noticed dude I was walking around and he was like yo they don't have any more switches here or like do you can you find any and I'm like bro they're all gone like you're late it's gone it's happened <laughs> you can't play Animal Crossing I'm so sorry <laughs> not checked in on my villagers in a minute yeah i've I've never played but i know that's i think what people are all getting it for right correct okay (laughs) (laughs) did i water my flowers today you bet i did oh i my wow my villages and shambles we'll take care of that (laughs) i never do that my scarcity mindset kicks in and i'm just harvesting fruit and selling it for cash all the time savings because we're in a recession and i was like what the shit is this it's supposed to be escapism but it is escapism because you can own a house and actually pay off your loan that's true true. also like all the villagers clap and tell me i'm great every time we have a ceremony which is not like real life (laughs) but please i know but tom nook is capitalist scum but I'm yes. also every time I do anything and like you know I'm the one that puts in all the work to getting like building the shop or getting mm-hmm. the materials or getting things done and then at the same moment he's like everyone did such a good job and I'm like bitch no that was me you guys didn't do anything it's gonna be one of the the rough adjustments to living under communism to each according <laughs> to their needs from each according to their abilities and evidently the the villagers have no abilities so can we are. get together and host a virtual protest in animal crossing <laughs> potentially oh you my god there's yes. boxes you can visit other people you can have events i'm just saying maybe we should try on that note, Hope, it's a good transition to some more digital security things that I know if yes. Lolita were here, she would want us to mention. Yes. Vanessa, you already said probably turning your phone off is the best thing to do. Um, 
but of course, if you want to make sure, you know, if you get separated or something, it's good to, you might, there are reasons you might want to have your phone on. Definitely have your location services off. If you're going to post a picture for whatever reason, let's say that you capture some police brutality happening, um, wouldn't be that hard to find, you know, um, (laughs) you want to make sure that you blur or cover people's faces. Um, you want the best ways to do that are actually like using stuff like emojis cover it with multiple emojis take a picture a snap a screenshot of every picture that you're going to post and then post the screenshot because it gets rid of the metadata yeah better yet take a screenshot with one emoji over it cover it with another emoji take a screenshot of that do that several times to cover the faces of protesters they're not going to be able to get through all of that data um it's really really important that you don't like just post straight uh straight pictures from your phone Mm -hmm. um make sure that your location services are off on every app that you have um you know you could put your your phone in airplane mode if you absolutely cannot turn it off but uh you know probably probably turning it off if you don't need to be locating people is is best um Make sure that you have your face recognition or fingerprint recognition turned off. Cops can and have used that to open people's phones. Mm -hmm. You should have a passcode, preferably one that has numbers and letters in it. So this has been Walita time with your host, Kellen. Amazing. I was also going to. Yes. Thank you. I don't know anything about technology as our listeners know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I do have some um, other tips for people who are going out to be like at the protest. Um, So one thing, this is not a subtweet of Vanessa, (laughs) but you should (laughs) fully subtweet me. I was dumb. Especially if you are going to be like, on the front lines, go with a buddy. Um, it's best to go to have a group of like two to four people. More than four people is like not realistic to stay together. Um, yeah. But like, make sure that you're with people that like have your back, you stick together. Like the person I went with, we were like linked arms or like holding hands most of the time to like not lose each other. Um, also, it's good to have like a check-in person who's not out protesting Mm -hmm. and this is also something if you're not someone that feels comfortable going to protest for whatever reasons or you're not able to um like offer to be people's check-in I've done it for friends and I had people do it for me like um you can figure out like what makes you feel safe I did it with my friend and we decided like every um hour we're gonna like send an emoji and it's like a happy emoji it's like I'm okay and if you send a sad emoji that is like you know they need to follow up checking on you and like figure out what's going on (laughs) so at least someone like knows that you're accounted for um and you or you can be accountable for your friend i think Um, also just similarly having a plan for if you get arrested just because the cops are escalating things so quickly um that like even if you go out with the best of intentions i think it's good to have a plan for if you might get arrested so um, you know, I've communicated with people here locally and like plan on having their number like sharpied on my arm when I go out. You know what I mean? Like so just having that kind of plan also helps with also checking in with people because you can be like, I'm going to this thing like just a reminder, you're my person uh, so they that they can also account for you in that way. Yeah. Related, I've also seen the advice to, if that's your person, give them your personal information in a sealed envelope 
So it could be like your social, your birth date, your address, um, your like parents' phone number, things like that, and give that to them that they would only open in case you were arrested. And that's only if it's somebody you really trust, but it can be helpful yeah. if they're trying to find you as it becomes harder for people to be located. For mm, sure. That's smart. Yeah. And then um, just a couple other things I want to add. One is like self-care. Protesting is really exhausting. Yeah. It's really intense. Um as I'm kind of going to get to with my next point, but like I um, physically and emotionally, I'm not someone that can like be out doing it every day, um, yeah. but I'm like going when I feel like I'm able to. And yeah, like make sure that you're taking care of yourself. It's not good to go to a protest if you like don't feel like you are able to be really alert that day or, um, you know, et cetera. So yeah, make sure you take care of yourself before and after. Mm -hmm. And lastly, my advice, and this is um, specifically for like white and white passing people as I am, um, to just go like with the intention of like listening to the people of color and especially black people that are there. Don't go being like, I'm going to like start this thing or like I have my yeah. own agenda. Like I just went and like helped to amplify the cheers. I have a really loud voice. So I just like helped to amplify brag. whatever people were, were saying. Yeah, brag. Um, <laughs> and then like we we ended up in a standoff with, with cops for a few hours and people were calling for like white people to go um, to be in the front to make a barricade. So I did that. But that being said too, there were um, some, like the woman next to me was a black woman and she wanted to be in the front. So like, also don't just like get in front of people because you're like, I should like, just, yeah, just like be, you know, attentive. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's it. Wise words. That's amazing. Cool. So, um, another question that was from Instagram that I think is important to talk about that a lot of people are, are wondering is like, aside from donating, what other kinds of virtual support can make a difference? Yeah. So one thing that immediately comes to mind now that I am on the ground, which is such a fun phrase to say and be like, I'm on the ground, <laughs> is that I really, I am realizing just how crucial social media is. Like I, um, I'll, not text, so like I'll tweet out and be like, oh, I want to deliver supplies in this area. Can someone like, you know, tell me some places and I get responses. Or if I go somewhere and I see that something has changed or like, like, you know, this place is no longer accepting, but they directed me somewhere else. Or one place is like, we actually don't need much of this. Like I was at Pimentos today and they're like, um, we actually just need big plastic bins right now. Please tell people. And I have one person that I just, as I'm out and about and I hear things, I text her and like, you know, she posted on social media and like that goes about and like, I personally have like made a list on Twitter, a private list that is just easy for me to keep abreast of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So um, if you aren't out and about and are able to get the updates to people, either identify yourself to someone uh, like one of your friends who is as out and about that you're someone who can give the updates. Cause like, I literally, when I'm out, I don't have time like that. I literally just like, you know, text her this place, this thing. And like, you know, she actually takes care of getting the noise out, the word out there. So either being like point person for that, um, retweeting things like that, um, checking in on your 
black friends of course is important because even though at least for me i'm out on these streets all day i am very aware of who is silent and for me silence is either they are posting their social media like business as usual like nothing's happening in the world or silent and that they haven't checked up on me or that they haven't donated or shared money like if you have not like any like if someone has like shared my link or donated money but hasn't posted about it I'm like okay no like cool you're doing something but I mean like I am aware of who where I've heard radio silence from and like mm-hmm. you know I'm not gonna forget that I'm petty I'm not sure if that's an Aries thing but I, I'm not I'm petty. oh, oh my god Aries, <laughs> Aries crew Aries crew Aries too <laughs> listen god. first of all I'm petty as fuck and second of all they don't deserve you so why would you ever stoop to their level ever again you don't need to you have better people in your life yes Yes. yeah um yeah fire signs unite over pettiness (laughs) yes yes but yeah i would say um check in on your friends um continue retweeting and sharing information um donating of course not just to me but other like bail funds and things that are coming up like that there's also oh yeah so as I mentioned, in Minneapolis, at least, there are white supremacists about. These white supremacists are staying in hotels. And I either have shared or will share with um, Kellen Hope yeah, someone. Yeah, shared it with me. I shared it with you. Yeah, a list of, I got that someone relayed to me of, they gave us like the list of the hotels and like a script you could use. I would say do that. Like call these places and be like, hey, you might have a white supremacist. Could you like keep an eye on them or pick them out if you could do that but yeah yes i think those are some of the virtual support things great and we'll we'll link so that information will link to some other good um you know places to donate if you haven't already been donating if you can't get out which is understandable for a variety of reasons including the fact that we're in a pandemic just a reminder like if you have the means you really really should be donating to stuff like uh, bail out bonds groups like community organizations and there are lots of good ones near you that are doing the work I promise we'll link to some of them in the episode description um, we'll also include a link to um, Vanessa's info so that you can send Vanessa your money so that she can keep on running supplies for the revolution do you want to share your info verbally as well oh yeah of course so my venmo is vanessa dash anyanso and my cash app is vanessa anyanso no 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 dash uh no one can spell my last name my last name is spelled (laughs) a-n-y-a-n-s-o awesome yeah um i think to close it out we wanted to know if there's just if there's anything else that we haven't touched upon that you think people maybe don't know about what's going on in Minnesota or that you think people should know. So a few things. One, CNN and other news sources, they are only showing you the most exciting parts of what's happening. Yes, there is like, you know, a lot of not a lot of there's still order in the city. But when things go down, things get chaotic. But 
that's not all at least Minneapolis is. There are people out and about helping, running supplies, caring, life is still going on as usual in some places, which I have some feelings about, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not all bad. It's not as terrifying, even if I, like, that's cool. I guess another cool thing when I did the not cool thing when <laughs> I ran out of my house. Oh my God. Please don't do that. I was, I was so stupid, but... I um, was fascinating because that looted Target initially, um, when I was looking at the updates on social media, I had no sense of space. So I'm just like, how did we get to the third pre, like we were at the third precinct, why are we looting a Target? Like, I don't understand how we got there. But when I was there, I realized that that Target is actually right next to the third precinct. Like it's literally, like I was like walking around the fire and like through the parking lot and then I noticed I was by the police and I'm like oh shit I gotta get away from here I'm gonna go back to the other side like it's right (laughs) there (laughs) and um at least the story I heard from like people on the ground is that the reason why they started taking things from the target is because you know the police were pepper spraying and like throwing tear gas and everything and people went into the target to try and like you know buy the things to provide first aid and they refused to sell and then people are like, okay, so we think we're just going to take it now. Cause Why does are- no one mention that part? Like, I did not know that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think additionally, Target is headquartered in Minnesota. And yeah. I've heard some people talking about how that Target in particular is kind of like a proving ground for loss prevention tactics in urban Targets. So that's where they like try out all these new ways of keeping people from taking things. And the staff is somewhat antagonistic of the local community. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I've been out here less than a year, but that seems that's what people who have been here longer have said. Well, Vanessa, I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on and talking to us. I learned so much about what's happening. This has been just hugely instructive and you're doing such amazing work. It's been just like such a pleasure to have you on today. So thank you. Oh, thank you guys so much. Everyone give Vanessa your money. Give Vanessa your money. (laughs) Thank you for doing the work. We love you. We'll give you all of our dollars. We hope everyone else gives you all of their dollars to keep people happy and taken care of. Okay, well, that was amazing. I mean, not the subject matter, but like Vanessa is amazing. That was a really good conversation. I feel better after after talking some things out. Um, yeah, so go give all of your money to Vanessa and some other um, good places that, that we'll link you to. What else? Yeah, you can email us at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. We're looking to continue the coverage of um, the protests and as things unfold. So if you're like involved um, in Minneapolis or wherever you are and you think that you or someone you know would be good for us to talk to about this, hit us up. You could also do that on Instagram at Season of the Bee and Twitter at Season of the Bee. Is that all the things? Yeah. That's all the things. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, tell us you love us. And uh, I love you all. Love you. Love you guys. Love you, baby. Bye. Bye. Season of the bitch.